0: well hey welcome to the highland group cast i'm jeremy i'm emily and today we're going to talk about the Christian life, yes, which should be such exciting. a good
1: conversation. What do you mean by the Christian life? What does that mean and exactly? You just
0: jumped right, I'm into jumping it right in. The intro I know music was even gone. <laughs> um, the life that we live as Christians would that be a fair enough mm. way to describe it.
1: <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty simple way to describe the Christian life, uh, so yeah, so, makes sense, yeah, totally.
0: So, uh, this episode will be coming out on what's the day
1: Monday like in f- few days
0: Monday and what what
1: the 31st 30th is there an, 23rd, is there an August 31st 30,
0: 31st and so by the time this episode mm. airs we would have will have had 2 weeks of ABFs but the 23rd we started ABS back together. How'd you, how'd you feel about it?
1: I thought it was awesome. It was, I, I don't know about you, but I heard a lot of positive feedback from leaders and from members who were so happy to be back. And yeah. so, yeah, especially at 10 o'clock, the rooms were packed, which is awesome.
0: Uh, I didn't tell you I was going to do this, but why don't you tell us a little bit about your ABS? I
1: you will. you started a yes. brand new one, uh, right? Yes, it's a baby. <laughs> really is i was talking to mark about it and we feel like we're kind of piloting it trying to figure out what it's going to look like for the long term but yeah so we are teaching a class called foundations and by we i mean i'm actually taking a break from teaching on sunday mornings did i tell you that i don't know so i'm not teaching sunday mornings but mark is um travis and barry blake and then dale and beth smith so we're all doing it together which is awesome um they're just just really neat people which i love
0: and what is um, it so Foundations okay. is the name
1: of the class. And uh, the reason we're calling it that is that we're going through essential beliefs that um, believers have, followers of Christ have. Uh, and it's all based on scripture because that's where everything that we believe about God comes from. Um, we believe that that's the way that God reveals himself to us, which we'll talk about scripture later in the podcast series. Uh, but yeah, so for the first 20 minutes of each class, we uh, somebody will teach um, through a handout about an assistant. Essential or basic doctrine or belief about God based on scripture, um, things like the character and nature of God, um, you know, what is the Bible, its reliability and sufficiency. Um, when we will talk about mankind and the fall and sin and what that looks like, but So the first 20 minutes is is teaching through it, just very much of an aerial view. (laughs) So a broad, big picture thing. Um, And then the second 20 minutes, uh, Dale Smith will get up and kind of walk us through a narrative of scripture where we see that doctrine or belief kind of worked itself out, worked out in the narrative. So for example, this week, right, we're talking about the nature of God, um, his attributes. And so he's going to read through um, Genesis, the Genesis uh, creation story, which will be awesome. And the way that we see, you know, his attributes, like his omnipotence, his omnipresence and different things like that at work, which is awesome. Then we also talk about how we see doctrine in our own lives,
0: which is awesome kind of like
1: connecting doctrine to narrative
0: today yes the christian life so we've talked about all of these really big um grand and beautiful things we've talked about god we've talked about salvation we've talked about uh jesus and then we've got to apply these things uh, to our hearts, but we can't do that on our own. And mm-hmm. so uh, God has given us lots of gifts, lots of means of grace. And primarily, what He's given us to do that is what? Who? Ooh, yeah, <laughs>
1: the Holy we'll Spirit. You. But I'm, Ooh. I know, on it. So on it. So on it. He is yeah. a he, and that's something that I actually, for years growing up, I called him an it, like it, the spirit. But he's a he, Ghost. the Holy Ghost. Yeah. So <laughs> the Holy Spirit is a he. He's a he's a person, the third person of the Trinity. And oh, well, if
0: we're carrying on with our triune with understanding yes. of the God of the universe, so we're
1: talking about the Spirit. Yeah. So here's a question. Well, maybe we. Oh. Should to wait, oh, wow. let's
0: do it. Okay, Go. I love you. So, one questions.
1: thing that I, you know, was thinking about is how <clears throat> I feel like people can kind of err on one extreme or the other when it comes to the Holy Spirit and his role, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the way that it affects Christian life, um, and you can see, I don't know, I feel like, um, all right. How am I going to ask this? Okay. So the role of the Holy Spirit in scripture, right? And I feel like people can err one extreme or the other where they want to experience the Holy Spirit, but they have no desire for God's word. They don't, you know, they don't feed off of it. They don't necessarily, you know, live their life based on what scripture says or, but there's also another dangerous extreme, which is what I did for years, which is they study God's word, but don't truly understand um, the role of the spirit, I guess, in applying. Correct. that like into no our Christian life. Yeah, all. like yeah. we think, oh, I can, all I need to do is really study it verse by verse and know it in my head, but I don't ask the Spirit to teach me, to convict me, encourage me to truly change my heart as I'm studying it. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, and, and I think a lot of the fear has to do with, um, a, a lot of it sometimes, the understanding of not the way the Spirit worked in um in the biblical times, so Old, New Testament, things like that, but really the way we view that the Spirit works today. Mm -hmm. Um, And so before we get into that, I think that's a great question, but before I answer that, let's go ahead and read our statement of faith on the Christian life parentheses the holy spirit uh and then and then i'll i'll kind of give okay. my best answer to that yes uh it, but i think it's going to be important that we actually lay read out what first. we believe mm, okay. about the holy spirit and the way he works um before i answer that so let's okay read sorry. That. took a little you your white sip tea? of
1: my <laughs>
0: <laughs> your diet, diet green, green
1: tea, green tea oh citrus my gosh. i know <laughs> uh, i'm a little much sometimes okay the essential uh, accompaniment of a genuine saving relationship with Jesus Christ is a life of holiness and obedience attained by believers as they submit to the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. He was sent into the world by the Father and the Son to apply man- to mankind the saving work of Christ. Uh, he enlightens the minds of sinners, awakens in them uh, recognition. Uh, man, I'm struggling here. Recognition of their need of a Savior and regenerates them. At the point of salvation, he permanently indwells every believer with gifts for the upbuilding and edification um, of the body. All of the original gifts remain available to the church today and should be exercised in accordance with biblical guidelines. The Holy Spirit guides believers in understanding and applying the scripture. His power and control are appropriated by faith, making it possible for the believer to lead a life of Christlike character, to bear fruit to the glory of the Father, so good.
0: Yeah, and so I, I think <clears throat> to answer your question, if we're mm-hmm. going to walk through, how do we keep from falling into one of those two mm-hmm. ditches, or what is it that uh, makes some people incredibly afraid or apprehensive mm-hmm. about the Holy Spirit, and what is it that um, makes some people? Um,
1: I think, what, yeah, maybe they they focus on. Can, no, <laughs> I think it's when we. I, I, That's just the other extreme would be more. So, you know, very much wanting the experience of the spirit, but not truly understanding the value of scripture and as like a,
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so it's, um, and you begin to value truth. the gift rather mm, than the giver of the gift. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and so for me, I think one of the biggest pieces that we have to look at and, and normally we would do this towards the end because it's towards the end of the statement, but I'll go ahead and bring it up to. Uh, the front and we'll just discuss it here it says all of the original gifts remain available to the church Ooh. today and should be exercised in accordance with biblical mm-hmm. guidelines what that means is um, that we Highland Baptist Church we are not cessationist and mm-hmm. cessationist simply means that um, the gifts and um, not the grace gifts but those sign gifts the supernatural gifts like um, prophecy uh, the healings mm-hmm. the those things the like cessation would believe that those things stopped with the death of the last apostle. Now, that doesn't mean that they believe um, that the Holy Spirit does not do those things today, Mm. that the Holy Spirit can't give words of knowledge, that the Holy Spirit can't heal miraculously, that the Holy Spirit can't give words of prophecy. But what it does mean is that no one could claim to be gifted in such a way, right? Mm, Uh, And so that they believe that those supernatural or those sign gifts, they died with the death of the last apostle What we say... Is here at Highland, we actually believe that all of the ways that the Spirit works, uh, both the grace gifts and those sign gifts, those supernatural gifts, are all alive and well today. Now, where I would agree with the cessationist is that I don't know that we can claim that as a my gift is the gift of prophecy. It's still mm-hmm. a gift, um, but we feel like the Lord gives those things freely as mm-hmm. He chooses. Uh, right. And so what we also believe, though is that next section, which is should be exercised in accordance with biblical guidelines. Mm -hmm. And so what we would tell you is that at Highland, we're going to encourage you to worship in Always that are biblical. So if we see it in the scriptures, we want you to know that uh, we would encourage you to worship in those ways. In fact, Paul would tell us that you should desire those gifts, you should ask for uh, those gifts. Doesn't mean that the Lord is going to give it to you, but it means that we should ask for those things but in all things in our worship it should be orderly so in first corinthians when he's talking about the gifts what you see is this weird disordered uh worship and this elevation of particular gifts over other particular gifts Uh, and and so he he really kind of comes around and he frames that in we want to celebrate and and we want to ask god for and we and we want to practice as much as we can all of these gifts But in all of it, we do it in love and Mm. we do it in a particular order Mm. in our worship. So in the moment when the entire congregation or the entire uh, worship gathering becomes disordered and chaotic, that's not that's not building up and Mm. edifying for the church and that's not glorifying to God because our God is a God of order. We see that in creation. He's very meticulous about the way he orders things. Mm And so we believe that all of the gifts, both the grace gifts, that is, um, when I say grace gifts, what I mean is the Spirit of God testifying to the fact that you are a child of God, the Spirit of God regenerating, which basically just means making your dead heart alive, Mm -hmm. the Spirit of God uh, applying salvation. Mm -hmm. So if we take it back to what we've talked to over the last couple of weeks, which is um, the Father... uh, Every time I'm going to forget one, the Father (laughs) initiates on our behalf, the Son accomplishes on our Mm. behalf, and the Spirit. And we even used it in the word here, or used it in the statement here. The Spirit applies that, Mm. so that uh, salvation that was um, granted, um, spoken, initiated by the Father, accomplished by the Son, is then applied Mm. by the That's Spirit so of God.
1: So for me, I, uh, you know, Christ saved me at a young age, which I'm so thankful for. Um, but for a lot of my life, I didn't think about the Holy Spirit a whole lot. Like, I just didn't. Um, and when I did think about Him, I thought more about, you know, Him as an it. And then about these super, you know, these super gifts. I don't know. <laughs> what do you want to call them? These very, the, the greater gifts sign that Paul gifts talks about. The, the, the sign gifts. There gifts. you go. The supernatural gifts. Thank you. Uh, but one of the things that I love about the statement of faith um, that we see here is that, you know, the thing that really got me uh, when I was an undergrad and I was really struggling with some habitual sin and just felt like, God, like, why can't I be free? Um, and God taught me a lot about the Spirit and His role, um, specifically to <laughs> enable me to walk in obedience and in holiness. And that that is one the, one of the, if not the most, the greatest reason God even gave us the Spirit, right? And so um, it's easy to focus on Spirit spiritual gifts, you know, like for the building up of the church without thinking about the fruit of the spirit and the effect of him inside my heart and in my right. life. And that's even, that's the, to me, the greater miracle, right? Is that he was the, the God's presence, you know, himself is inside of me and it, his desires to cause me to walk in obedience, but also to change my heart, to change my desires, my motivations so that they're in line with scripture, so that they are in line with the desires of the father, you know? And, um, so yeah, I feel like that's kind of a big deal is that our focus can be so much on these supernatural gifts, um, that are meant to build up the church, which are great things, but ignoring, you know, his purpose of coming to, to cause us to bear fruit and to be faithful to the Lord, things that I couldn't have, I couldn't do without him. which is such an awesome thing.
0: Well, and I even think it's a bit of a misnomer to call some things like grace gifts and Mm. some things supernatural gifts. Because if you think about it, it's all supernatural, right? Um, Like the fact that you didn't desire Mm -hmm. to be a child of God. You you didn't want that. You were were hostile in mind towards him. You were at enmity with God. The cross of Christ was foolishness to those who were perishing. I think we talked about that last week. But um, through... Um, the initiating of the Father, the accomplishment of the Son, the 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 application, the drawing from the Holy Spirit, um, you began to desire that. Mm. Uh, and, and I think uh, the problem is, especially here in the... You, you talked about um, Georgia as the Bible Belt. I always talk about Texas as the buckle of the Bible mm. Belt. So when you're sitting right here in the buckle of the Bible Belt, and then... Uh, we believe in many regards that salvation is kind of the end of it. Mm. Like oh, I'm saved now, so I'm good. But that's, that's not what the scriptures describe as the end, right? So uh, the scriptures describe salvation as the beginning of the process, the beginning of the work. And then uh, sanctification is the middle part of the work. And then either your death or Jesus's return as the end of the work. That Um, that day um, that that good work is completed. And so for me, when I think about the gifts of the spirit, I think they're all supernatural, mm, right? Because sure. the Because uh, the Holy Spirit regenerates. He makes us alive. The uh, Holy Spirit, as we take small steps of obedience, <clears throat> although we'll probably take far more steps backwards, as we take those small steps of obedience, the one who changes and transforms us from one degree of glory to the next, as the scriptures would say, or who conforms us into the image of Jesus, um, He's the one who gives gifts, right? So So um, when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, these gifts, Mm. which are absolutely gifts of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, these aren't things that we can muster on our own. I can act loving. I can Mm. act kind. I can act gentle. But I I, I say this all the time. um, I'll ask the Lord for patience, and then he'll give me opportunities uh, to trust him and to be patient. Um, and the question I always ask is, um, if my children are just driving me insane (laughs) and what I want to do is throttle them,
1: but Mm. I don't,
0: but it's what I want to do more than any other thing. This
1: is a big deal, right? (laughs) Right. So I think. A lot of times in the church, if there's like an unclear understanding of who the Spirit is, we can think he—it's a very much—he's very much related to an emotive experience, right. emotion, and how I feel, and something mystical. But a lot of times, he's leading us in a direction away from how we feel, right, and right. away from our emotions. Or even if I'm dry or really struggling and don't um, sense the presence of the Lord in my life for a period right. of time, that doesn't mean that God isn't with me. The Spirit Absolutely. could be actively at work in my heart in those times. And I think a lot. lot. lot of times in those dry seasons is when the Holy Spirit develops a lot of these spiritual you know, these spiritual yeah. fruit, right. Yeah. Of faithfulness, of self-control, of patience, of, um, of a deeper faith in the Lord. And I think that, you know, we can often think that, um, experiencing the Holy spirit is based on my emotions. Right. So if I'm right. not feeling great, <laughs> then yeah. clearly, you know, then I think, Oh, the Holy spirit must not be at work. But really sometimes that's some of the strongest training ground, I think for the Holy spirit yeah, in our hearts.
0: Absolutely. But I, I do also think that, uh, and, and here's the point that I would make is that even though in that moment, I'm not throttling my child, praise the Lord, I am, I am demonstrating <laughs> yeah. self-control. That is still the overwhelming mm. desire in my, yeah. that, that is what is welling so what up in my heart. So what do you
1: do? Do you ask him to change your desire, right? Right. Like, right. Yeah, he, absolutely. You know. <laughs>
0: and I think that um, <laughs> Please as, don't let as me. we begin to yeah. uh, take those small steps of obedience, we begin to see those things increase to where... Like my mm. overwhelming desires, I, I don't want my kids to That's act good. crazy yeah. for sure. And, and it doesn't mean that I won't be frustrated by the ways that they're acting because they can be sinful, right? Mm. it doesn't mean that uh, I won't even be angry because <clears throat> there's a way to be angry and to not sin. But my overwhelming desire, again, in all things, is to exalt Jesus in this relationship. And so what I begin to see is that um, when my children are acting in ways that would have normally driven me to become incredibly impatient. Even if I'm not acting impatient towards them, my heart is not patient at all. Yeah, and that's what and the Lord I begin looks to at. see mm. him transforming mm-hmm. my heart to. No, here's my desire for my children in this moment. Even if I'm frustrated, even if I'm I'm, I'm not being so. Not only am I acting patient towards them, but I have a heart of patience. Mm. And, and, and when and this we ti-
1: is- where Paul, right? Like you talked about how he's transforming us from one degree of glory to another, right? As we right. behold him and that's where in that same chapter he talks about how um, the ministry of the spirit is so much greater <laughs> than the ministry of the law, right? Yeah. Whereas we've got the law, which is a good thing that the law is more like guardrails, right? To keep us from our own you know, idiocy or whatever <laughs> which is not a bad thing yeah. um, but ultimately like the purpose of the new, co- you know, the new covenant, one of the purposes was to, to to change our desires to change our hearts right and so that's yeah. one of the things the spirit does
0: yeah, yeah and so if it is for freedom that we have been set free the question that I always ask people and, and I'll tie it to substance abuse I'll tie it to all all manner of mm-hmm. things and it's this if I'm not acting in a particular way I'm not I'm not doing a particular action does that mean that I'm free, Mm -hmm. right? And and so for the alcoholic, it's you're not taking a drink, but all you're thinking about right now is drinking Mm -hmm. or not drinking or like it's the thing that you think about. And so when I think about the role of the Spirit, especially in those fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, and then I think about what what Christ came to do, Christ came to set me free. I think that when my heart begins to really align with those things and I and I truly begin to love, right? Truly, I'm freed up, uh, I'm given the freedom to love, then my overwhelming response in moments when most people um, would be angry and upset and frustrated and unkind, my overwhelming response is a, a heart that is stirred um, in affection in compassion for those people like we see in Jesus when my uh, opportunity is to be overwhelmingly impatient and in that impatience respond in a way that's uh, unkind or unhelpful my overwhelming response is to step back mm-hmm. to breathe to pray yeah, and, and then to move forward and so awesome. I think about all of those not that doesn't mean that if you don't feel it that you should just, so like if I don't it, it, even though my heart feels like, I want to throttle the kids. It's not a bad thing that I'm not doing it. Right. So I would not encourage oh, right. you to just go <laughs> just ahead go and based on whatever step you want. into that action. But, but it's uh, an
1: opportunity, right? To ask right. God to change your heart, to change your desires, yeah. right? In those moments. And he will, like if you're truly asking, right? Right. I and, mean, and I think
0: the way Jesus <laughs> addresses it most profoundly in scriptures is, uh, in, in two ways in Matthew, was it Matthew five, right? Uh, you've heard it said that, uh, man, or that you should not commit adultery. But I tell you this, if you have lust in your heart for a woman, you're guilty of the same sin. You've heard it said, um, you shall not murder. But if you have anger in your heart toward your brother, you're guilty of the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so it would seem that for us as believers, that there is a, um, state of action. So I'm lusting after this woman, but I'm not sleeping with her. So I'm not guilty of adultery. And he, won't let us off the hook for that. He says, no, you're guilty of the same thing. The same thing, I'm angry with my brother. There's hate in my heart towards him, but I haven't murdered him, so mm-hmm. I'm good. Yeah. And what Jesus says is, no, it's it's not good. But what the Spirit has come to do is to reveal those things to me so where I can see my actions and my heart don't actually line up. Again, I'm not encouraging the action yeah. and saying, you know, well, um, you should just go ahead and do what you feel in that moment until Jesus changes, the, or until the Spirit changes the way you feel. But what I would say is um, man there is um, maybe a barometer Mm -hmm. there that okay, even though I'm acting in this particular way, my heart's not there yet. And so I'm going to ask the Lord to align my heart, not to my actions, but to align my mm. heart to His.
1: That's so good. I love that. Um, so one of my, I, this is one of my favorite passages is right before Jesus's crucifixion, um, when He's you know, talking to His disciples. And for I guess it's like John, what, like 14, 15, 16. He, he talks a lot, and 17. He talks a lot about the Holy Spirit and the yeah. promise of the Holy Spirit um and in John 16, um he 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 says flat out <laughs> that it is to your advantage that I go away because then the helper will come to you. And that's something that's always blown my mind of like, man, how is it possible for anything to be better than having Jesus Christ incarnate right next to me? You know, and but what Jesus is saying is that this is to your advantage, this is a benefit to you that I'm gonna send. If I don't go away, I'm not gonna be able to send the Holy Spirit, right? And so right. what are some of the the things that the Holy spirit does. And we've talked about it a good bit. Right. And, um, but, you know, I think through, like, can you think of anything specific in scripture? Um, like I come, you know, for me, what comes to my mind is, you know, in those chapters in chapter 14, you know, it says that he reminds us of the truth, right. He reminds us of the things that scripture says that Jesus, he says, you know, the things that I taught you, you know, he's talking to his disciples, he's going to bring to your remembrance. Um, yeah. What other things?
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, when I think about the role of the Holy Spirit, and and probably one of the most profound things to me is always in uh, Romans 8, the role of Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit, right? When we don't know what to pray as we ought, the Spirit makes groanings on our behalf that are too deep for words. But not only that, even when I'm praying wrongly, the Spirit of God prays the will of God for me and so when i think about just the role of the spirit in um in going to the father on my behalf even carrying my wrong prayers and making those prayers the will of god right praying the will of god for me i think is a huge thing right Mm -hmm. um I, i think another big one is that that the spirit testifies right testifies to one, the truth of the scriptures. So, um, the spirit, I think it's Luke, um, Luke 24, um, maybe, maybe Luke 24. Um, but, um, when Jesus is on the road to Emmaus, right. And he's walking with the two and it says that he, um, he begins to walk them through the scriptures, um, and about how, The law and the prophets testify to him and then there's this one little piece right that it says that their eyes were opened their hearts their minds were illumined and they were able to see the truth of those things Mm. and so i think a big role of the spirit is illuminating truth opening Mm. the eyes opening the ears of sinful men to understand the scriptures because i think outside of the spirit moving and working i can tell you all i want what a script what a passage means uh, or how it should be read or how it should be interpreted until the spirit takes root and opens your eyes to those things, Mm. um, then I don't think that you'll get it right in yeah. your heart like you may get it in your head but it'll never drop mm-hmm. in your heart and that's the other thing too i think um and i'm not gonna give you a biblical reference for it but i think um a huge role of the spirit is making that head knowledge drop to mm-hmm. become heart knowledge right absolutely um and again it's the um ezekiel
1: 36,
0: 36, I will um, take your heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. I'm going to write my law on your heart. I will cause you to walk in Mm -hmm. my statutes and I will cause you to obey my rules And that's a work Mm -hmm. of the Spirit to make my stone heart flesh and to um, make my unwillingness to obey a willingness to obey.
1: I don't know. And even now, like we, I just think I even don't understand just how huge that message would have been in Ezekiel 36, right? Because in the Old Testament, you read about moments when he would come upon God's people for a particular reason, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, you look back and it's like the heroes of the Old Testament. It's like David and Sam. And, you know, he would come upon these people to do great things to glorify the Lord, um, but he never indwelt a person permanently. Right. 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 Okay, I'm not making that up yet. And so I feel like, man, if we truly understand that God's presence is inside of me because of what Christ did for me. Right. Um, that he's inside of me permanently to cause me to walk in obedience, to change my desires and my motivations and all these things. I mean, that's a miraculous thing. Uh, and so one of the things too, I love John 16, um, uh, 14, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He says, he, the spirit will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the father has is Mine. Therefore I said that he, the spirit will take what is mine and declare it to you. And so um, one of my favorite things that J.I. Packer said um, is that he called the Holy Spirit, like his ministry, a floodlight, right? That he he highlights the glories of Christ. And so that's why when you hear somebody teaching, oftentimes you forget about the person standing there because you're so enamored with who Christ is and what he's done for you. And that's one of the work of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't draw attention to the person or even to himself necessarily, but often he's helping draw. Attention to Christ and what He's done for us, and who He is, and all of that. So I feel like that's one way you can see where the Spirit's working is when, yeah. man, the who Christ is, who He is, what He's done, um, is magnified.
0: Yeah, and I think to you know we, um, I guess we tend to think of the Holy Spirit so much as like JV, mm, right? Yes, the Father and Jesus are kind of the <laughs> varsity, yeah. and then Jesus had to. Um, I don't know, go do whatever he's going to do. And so this season we've got a JV. Um, but, again, we're carrying on our triune um, that the Spirit and the Son, both co-eternal with mm. the Father, right, um, equal in um, dignity, equal in in, in their godliness, and, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and yet distinct in their role, mm. And the Spirit is not less than the Father and the Son. And, Absolutely. And so the things that God has put forward to accomplish cannot be accomplished outside of the Spirit. And so really the primary role of the Spirit in conforming us into the image of the Son um, becomes um, paramount. Like that's what Jesus is doing. So he has saved us. He has forgiven us, right? We've mm. been purchased by the blood but we have been sealed with the spirit. Mm. And so it was a, uh, you know, we, in the church world, we'll talk about the already, but not yet. Right. Um, Christ has already purchased and accomplished for us those things that he said he was going to purchase those things that he said he was going to accomplish, but they have not yet come to fruition. We know that the day is coming when those things will absolutely be completed But He has ascended and He's sitting at the right hand of God and He is advocating for us, but the Spirit is in us and the Spirit is illuminating and the Spirit is testifying and the Spirit is pointing back to the Father and the Son. And as a result of that, we are being transformed and conformed from one degree of glory to the next by the work of the Spirit. Listen, in your sanctification, in your sanctification, the Spirit puts in a lot more work than Hmm. you do. Right. The role of the spirit is profoundly important in conforming you into the image of Jesus. And so the fact that you look different today than you looked yesterday is, um, attributed to the spirit of God at work inside of you. And, and so you see it, um, um, yeah, it, it is. I've been crucified convict, yes, with Christ, right? Absolutely. Therefore, it's no longer I who live, but mm. Christ who lives in me. And the uh, the life I live now, um, I live. The life i live now in the flesh. I live. What? How? By the Spirit. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so, um, and, and then yeah. um, those who have the Spirit, we see in Romans 8 those who have the Spirit, they have life. Those who don't have the Spirit, they have death. Those who walk according mm-hmm. to the Spirit, they will walk in obedience. Those who walk opposed to the Spirit, um, they will walk right into death. There's a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to death, but God um, by his spirit leads us into the truth. And so Mm -hmm. we,
1: it's so good. Yeah. And, you know, in, in John, Jesus calls him this, the spirit of truth. And, um, you know, he later clarified, he also clarifies that he, to the father, he he says, your word is truth. Mm -hmm. And so the spirit of truth. And so I think this is where we see the importance of, um, you know, not air, on the side of studying the scripture and, and only kind of focusing on kind of head knowledge and, and frankly, relying on myself (laughs) to change, um, as opposed to, you know, studying the scripture and interacting with the Lord and asking his spirit to teach me, to change me, to encourage me, convict me, um, you know, concerning sin and righteousness and all these things. And so, um, yeah, so I think that his role in the Christian life is, it, I mean, it's necessary, <laughs> right? His ministry. Yeah. I mean, the Christian life wouldn't exist without his work and his ministry.
0: Yeah, and so what, uh, we've
1: t- <laughs> we talked. We've a long talked time, about a ton. Of, of, well, yeah. no, we've
0: talked about a ton of things. One of the things, though, that I do want to talk about um, is um, the 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 gifts and their mm, role yeah. in awesome. building up and edifying mm. the church. Yeah. Because I think
1: how can a person determine what his or her spiritual gift is and can a person's spiritual gift change and come for a period of time and then can God give someone a gift and then for a particular reason yeah yeah. Sorry, is that really, like, I, yes. I don't know. Yes. I don't know. You think? Okay, no, like sorry. <laughs> how do you,
0: um, I, and I think, too, I mean, we want to draw a distinction between okay. gifting and wiring. Sure, right? that's so true. Um, just because you're wired in a particular way and something is easy for you doesn't mean that that's your right. gift.
1: So, um, yeah, and here, like, we places you can find, um, you know, if you're wanting to read about what a spiritual gift is, it would be Romans 12, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, Right. Is that what? where, spiritual gifts? Yes. Yeah. So if people yeah. want to look and up kind of what, yeah, and there's other places too. <laughs> <For> <laughs> Ephesians, sure. yeah, but anyway.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. And so I think, yeah, I mean, you, one, we need to know what those gifts are mm-hmm. before we can determine sure. what our gifts are. Uh, there's all kinds of like spiritual mm-hmm. gift tests and those yeah. things. But, um, it, but again, I think the biggest thing is this, that, you um, God has given, uh, he has gifted each of us in particular ways in order to build up and edify Hmm. the church um, so that we might reflect better the glory of God, uh, our groom who is coming. And so there are eyes and there are hands and there are feet and there are heads and there are all of these things. And I think um, as we look at these gifts, and this is where I want to encourage people, we begin to think of particular gifts and particular roles as way more important than other gifts and other roles. And so I I look at John on Sunday morning, standing up in front of um, hundreds and thousands of people a weekend and speaking. I begin to think, you know what? that guy, he is, uh, he's better in the kingdom than I am because his gift allows him to stand in front of hundreds and thousands of people. Mm. And so, uh, we can even begin to think of these things as like some sort of hierarchy. Like if you have this gift, then God prefers Mm -hmm. you more. If you have this gift, Mm -hmm. then God prefers you less. But if you look at the scriptures through and through, um, man, we have all been gifted. And I had a pastor who used to say this, that we can't cannot be fully we unless you are fully you. We cannot function the way we ought to function as a church and by a church I mean a gathering of God's people who have committed and covenanted to one another um, to walk with one another and encourage one another and to challenge one another and to exhort one another and to rebuke one another. Um, We can't do that effectively unless you are using God's gifts to you in order to help build us up and edify Bias
1: and- yeah. That's so good. Ephesians 4, um, 11, it says, and he gave the apostles, and this isn't a full list of spiritual gifts, but he talks about, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith and of knowledge of the knowledge of the son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And so, um, yeah, there's a purpose in, you know, our spiritual giftings, you know, Know, whether right. it's mercy or service or teaching or prophecy or, um, you know, whatever the spiritual gift is, the purpose is that we would use that gift to build up the body of Christ, mm-hmm. um, to help equip each other to, to become mature followers of Christ who glorify him and bring him honor. And, um, I know for me, one of the, biggest things that has, that helped me determine, you know, what gifts the Lord had given me was to ask the people around me, or people would start telling me, Hey, I'm seeing this in you. I see that you love to study the scripture. Do you think that maybe you have a gift of teaching because of how much you love scripture? And, you know, or I see how much you care so deeply for those. You notice the hurts and the needs of others. You know, I've seen that in, um, you know, in people where maybe they have a gift of mercy where they see the need and they want to meet it, meet it. Right. And so I think that Again, the body of Christ can help each other kind of determine what their spiritual gifts might be, you know, by, by watching them and seeing. You know, things like that. Yeah.
0: And I think even the Ephesians 4 passage, like there's some like debate. Like, Mm. is he talking specifically about offices or roles of leadership? Um, You'll see others who say like all of the gifts can actually be encompassed in these gifts. But um, I I think where I always try and encourage people is if you look at the list of gifts that God has given um, the church, if we're looking at those specifically as leadership, What he says right after he lists those out is they have all been given for a particular purpose. And that purpose isn't to go out and do all the ministry Mm. because they're all stars, but... Their purpose is actually to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So uh, they're to equip you and me and um, Joe Blow in the, can you say Joe Blow? Oh Joe Blow in the seat <laughs> um, to go out and to use their gifts in order to be ministers of reconciliation. And so that's the that's the, the major thing that we all need to remember is according to the scriptures and is it 1 Corinthians 12? Is it 12? Maybe it is 15. I don't know. 12 or 15. I don't know. Chapter and verse. This is what makes you so much better than I am. No, Um, no. Is that we have been called to be ministers of reconciliation. That's every single one of us. So it's not just Pastor John. It's not just you, Emily. It's not me. It's not Drew. It's not just the um, vocational minister. We serve a role, we have a purpose, and that's laid out in the scriptures. But at the end of the day, the role of the vocational minister is to equip the church for mm, the work of ministry. Yeah, to go ministers. out into the spheres <laughs> yeah. of the influence that they have in order to carry the message, the gospel, the good news to a lost and dying world. Because here's the reality. As a pastor at Highland Baptist Church, I'm not going to be able to go into your law firm and share the gospel with your uh, neighbor or with your office mate or with your... But, You know who can? You can. Hmm. Right. Uh, As a pastor of Highland Baptist Church, I'm not going to be able to go into your school and share with your co-teacher or your principal or I'm not going to I'm not going to be the one who's able to do that. But, you know, who can you? Hmm. And I think the beauty of this is, you know, I I love the one-off opportunity to be able to share the gospel with a random stranger on the plane. But I think that's kind of at times the only opportunity that we look for, for these strangers that don't know us. And we're like, that's, that's what it means to evangelize. I find someone I don't know, I share the gospel with them in a flyby and then I'm out and I don't have to see them again. Mm. So that weirdness or that embarrassment or whatever it is that I feel when I share it, it doesn't last very long. There's something much more difficult about over a long period of time in the context of relationships, Mm. sharing the gospel with someone, especially, especially if it's not like an immediate, oh yeah, no, totally. I want that. If they begin to push, back or they begin to question or they um then it's like oh man i don't feel equipped or i don't feel su- sufficient to be able to do that. And here's where I want to tie that all the way back around to this, that the beauty of the Spirit of God dwelling in you means this. And I'll say that the role of the Spirit in the work of salvation, the beauty of all of that is it takes the weight and the pressure off of me for this person's eternal soul. Mm. I know that my job is to share that good news. The role of the Holy Spirit is to open eyes and Mm. enliven hearts for them to be able to believe that. And so I'm going to trust the spirit to do what I do or to do what he does. And I am going to be faithful Mm -hmm. to do what the scriptures have called me to do. But those things work in concert and not separate from one another.
1: That's so good. And you see that in Acts one, right? Where Jesus told them to wait. He said, don't, he was, you know, where is it in Acts one, four, he said, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you heard from me for John baptized with water but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now Um, and then as he was ascending into heaven before that he said but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth so this was the early church before Pentecost and he told them wait and when the Holy Spirit comes upon you you will receive power and then go and now for us we're given the Holy Spirit we have every bit of the Holy Spirit (laughs) that we need from the moment Of regeneration when Christ saves us. Um, And so, which is awesome. And do you
0: not uh, know that mm -hmm. the very same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that is alive in you? Right? And so, um, man, that's a. That's a lot. Mm. That's a that's a whole lot, and there's a whole lot more we could say. But um, before we sign off, you got any no, words? No, that's good,
1: man. That's a lot to that's a lot to chew on, Jeremy Daniel. Where do you, Jeremy think, Michael Daniel? By the way, for all you
0: listeners. Yeah, if you if I'm <laughs> not in an ABF right now, and I wanted to learn more about these things, what do you think is a place that I could go to to learn those things?
1: I mean, honestly, any of the ABFs would be amazing. But I want you to come to mine. It's called Foundations. And we meet at 840 on Sunday mornings on the third floor,
0: 316. Oh, shameless plug for Foundations. <laughs> shameless plug. From the Highland Group cast. Well, hey, Emily, great job today.
1: You too. And, so good. Uh,
0: you, you do a lot of good work. I'm, I'm grateful for you.
1: Thankful for you.
0: Okay. Well, I'm Jeremy. I'm Emily. We'll catch you next time.
1: Thank you for listening to the Highland Group cast. Groupcast is a production of Highland Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. For more information about Highland, visit us online at hbcwaco.org.